You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all. Jewelry that makes you feel like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay authenticity guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hell, I suck at dating with Dean Unglert and Jared Haven, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hey, welcome to an all new episode of Help, I Suck at Dating. I'm Jared Haven, joined always by Dean Unglert. We have a very special episode coming up. We have a wonderful guest. You know her from Matt James season uh, and also Bachelor in Paradise season seven, I believe. Holy crap, I'm getting old. Uh, it is Jasenia Cruz. Jasenia, how are you? I'm doing great. I was really excited to hear you guys wanted to have a chat with me. I've always followed along your podcast, so happy to be here. Oh, that's so sweet. Whoa. Thank you so much. That's that's <laughs> uh, we're hey, we're happy to have you here. And even if you're lying to us about that, I will 100 <laughs> percent take it. Um, but yeah, no, it's a pleasure to meet you. We were big fans of you on Matt's season and Bachelor in Paradise, obviously this past season as well. Um, I've got a question before we continue on. Is it just so I don't embarrass myself? And I'm probably going to embarrass myself just by asking this question. Is it just Senya or is it a soft J or a hard J? No, the first way you said it is exactly how it is. Just Senya. Just Senya. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry. I didn't Perfect. want to, uh, to use the wrong word the entire time. <laughs> no, so far, everyone I've met from the show has always pronounced my name correctly, which I've been like really pleased by. So everyone's everyone's doing but- good. I feel like it's one of those names where, like, in roll call, you'll have, like, a sub- substitute teacher, like, totally butcher it for some reason. Oh, absolutely. Um, it was always Jessica in middle school, so. <laughs> yeah. You're like, no, there's an N, not a C in there. Exactly. Um, but, no, we're, we're honored to have you on the podcast. I just want to be clear. Uh, well, Jared and I both want to be clear that just because we asked you to co-host this podcast with you does not mean that we think you suck at dating. Just to be clear. <laughs> I did think the title, I mean, I've always thought the title was honestly hilarious, but let's be honest. That's kind of like the conversations we have with our friends. Like, what am I doing wrong? Am I just picking the wrong guys? That kind of thing. So it's like, I think it's actually a really relatable title for the podcast. Well, are you still single? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Well, that doesn't mean that you suck at dating. Maybe just everybody else around you sucks at dating. Uh, yeah, we can go ahead and go with that. That makes me feel better. That's for well, sure. <laughs> just because someone's single doesn't mean that they suck at dating. For example, I am married and I know for a fact that I suck at dating. Or you <laughs> just ask my wife who's coming down the stairs right now to take care of our son. Because, of course, Dawson decides to wake up as soon as we start the podcast. 
but he's just so damn cute. Uh, Jasenia, so you live in Texas. You were on Matt James' season of The Bachelor. I remember you from having some beef with, um, I think her name was MJ. I think you guys were on yeah. a two-on-one, weren't you? Yeah, it was a two-on-one um, just before a rose ceremony, so it pretty much canceled the whole rose ceremony, too. Was that the worst dating experience you've ever had, being on a two-on-one? Honestly, yes, because I can't say that I've ever had any, like, real-world terrible dates. Everyone that I've ever been on a date with has been pretty nice, pretty cordial, you know, gentlemen, whatever. Um, but that definitely was like the worst experience. I mean, I never expected going into it that I'd be in a two-on-one and I was so new to the world too, because I had only seen Peter season before going to Matt season. So I wasn't really familiar with that until I was there in the fray. So, so you weren't a fan of the show prior to going on. I mean, I watched Peter's season during the pandemic <laughs> when there was nothing else to watch. So yeah. I know, I, you know, I've had friends, you know, that are super fans of the show would always talk about it. And I just never thought to watch, never thought to get into it. But I would always hear like the pop culture stuff about it. Like, oh, this happened in this episode. So I, I caught up with it in that sense, but never sat down through what, like two and a half hours of TV. <laughs> so how'd you, I just get, how'd you hear, how'd you get on the show? I went ahead and applied. So I know that at the time when I had watched Peter's season, my mom and I were kind of bonding over it because it was nothing really to watch. So we would like talk about it all the time. And um, also the show was like getting kind of crazy too. So it was kind of hard to ignore what was going on. So we tuned in and um, my mom would joke about, oh, you should, uh, you should apply or you should do whatever to see if you can get on. And I remember one morning, you know, this is when people were having to work remotely. I, you know, was doing nothing important really at the time so i sat there and i applied hmm. um i've got a question for you you said it was when a lot of the crazy stuff was going on i'm just curious what was the crazy stuff not like not well, it was, i'm, just, I'm it was, curious because there was a lot of crazy stuff that happened i'm just curious what it was that like really sparked yeah you know, it was um, the all the talk on twitter about like the cast specifically like i guess fans were really surprised by the cast they were literally saying like oh this is the worst cast ever but like being in it we know now, like they say that about every season almost. And at the same time, I think when I really started tuning in, it was um, during, I think it was, it was Tammy and, uh, oh my gosh, Tammy. It was a two-on-one that they had in Peter's season. Tammy and. Oh, I don't even remember. I know her name and I feel terrible, but she has, she has like short blonde hair. She lives in Toronto. Short blonde hair, Toronto. She oh, had beef I know who you're Tammy. talking about. You're talking about. Um, you're talking about with an M. I, I'm blanking. McKenna. Yeah. McKenna. McKenna. Oh, yeah, yeah McKenna. <laughs> yeah, and so like I was watching it loosely and like would kind of like not really tune in every week, but I would just kind of keep up with it. And um, when I heard about that episode, that's when I was like, wait, what's going on? And I, I watched it on YouTube and then kept nice. up with it ever since. Peter's season was a good one to start on. I feel like that one was one of the more entertaining ones that I can remember. I and think also, so this too. is coming. From, I'm 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 kind of the same boat as you, Jasenia, where I'm not really much of a Bachelor fan, but I'll like tune in every once in a while. <laughs> um, and and Peter's season was one that kind of like kept your interest moving along, yeah. you know? Oh yeah, for sure. Because it was just like one thing after the other, and I feel like that's been the blueprint now for every season since. Because Matt's season was a little crazy and then going into Clayton's and then, of course, like the Bachelorette seasons were interesting, too. So I don't know. I, I like this Bachelorette season that's going on so far. Um, it's pretty enjoyable. I think a lot of people were not so sure how they felt about having two Bachelorettes because I didn't see the season where they had two Bachelorettes before. But from my, what I understand is like, I think week two or week three, somewhere halfway, 
the men actually voted for which bachelorette to stay? It was night one. I was on that. Oh season. my god! Yeah, Jared yeah. was on that season. I was going. Oh say. yeah, we walked out of the limo knowing full. So we didn't know exactly how it was going to go down either. And and uh, yeah, night one we met both Caitlin and Britt, and then after oh, everybody god. met, after everybody went exit the limo, they were like, "All right, guys, you guys are going to vote on who's staying." I, was like, oh, I, sh- I hate that. I oh, hate it was that. the worst. It was the worst. No, I don't like. I I like that this time. I think because they're going off of their storyline how they you know became best friends and like they're going on this journey together so it does feel different in that sense but there's also all this talk too about how they don't get why there's always been there's been two seasons so far with two bachelorettes even though one was not that long but they're kind of curious if they'll ever explore two bachelors what Hmm. do you think about that yeah i mean it's curious why they haven't done it yet it was when i'm not gonna lie i love the show obviously i'm a full supporter of the show and I was surprised that it was two bachelorettes because no matter how you spin it, it just comes off as, oh God, this could, it, it, it could look bad, yeah. you know? Cause no matter what happens, even watching the season, like they're, they're kind of pitted against each other at least a little bit. I mean, it's just, and because they're showing the season coming up and yeah, like some yeah. guys are picking Rachel and some guys are picking Gabby and then like Gabby's offing a rose and they're like, oh, I kind of want to hang out with Rachel. It's just like, <laughs> I don't know. So it it's is curious why they, regardless of how you it's awkward. It. And so I'm curious why they didn't try it with the bachelor first. And then I'm sure at some point they'll do it because if you have two seasons of bachelorettes, then you got to at least have one season of at of least two one. Dudes. Yeah. yeah. Just to see how that goes. They did Joe Millionaire with two guys. Remember that show, Jared? We had uh, both of them on. I think yeah. it was Joe Millionaire, yeah. right? That was the name. Well, of the it. fun thing about that show is that one guy is actually a millionaire and the other mm-hmm. one's not. So if they did something with the bachelor, I, don't, I mean, there's nothing they could do, honestly, because it's not like they're going to cast one millionaire and then another Joe Schmo. Right. Yeah. So it's just like, be two good looking. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of wealthy guys on my season of The Bachelorette. And if like, let's say, for instance, they got cast as The Bachelor and they wanted me to be the second bachelor, it would basically be the same format where it's like, OK, one guy's really wealthy and then there's um, Dean and he's okay. broke as hell. So uh, you can take the pick over here. Oh, a thousand percent. I'd be in the same boat as you, but they would never promote it that way. The show would never right, advertise right, right. like, you know, if it was you, if if Peter, it was you and Peter, the two bachelors and Peter was super wealthy and you were broke. They wouldn't be like Peter's millionaire <laughs> and Dean, the deadbeat. Right. Because <laughs> I think in Joe beat. Millionaire, the girls didn't know who was the millionaire, correct? Right. No, that's the twist. Right. Yeah. So the girl, they really have to at least, because that's the thing. I would assume the element there is like, which girls are here just trying to hunt for the millionaire or which yeah. girl is here just to actually get to know whoever it is. And they're like, whoever I end up with is who I end up with. And they're not looking for that millionaire label. Yeah, it was an interesting show. It was good. And both of those guys, we've, we've met them and interviewed them on this podcast. And they were both uh, really great as well. Cool, cool. But but just saying, I got a question for you. So you said yeah. you just got it. Well, well. First off, before I get to the question, I wanted to, to make a comment about how impressive it is that you watched season, Peter's season of The Bachelor uh, for the first time, and you were like, you know what, I want to be on that show. And then so you applied, and it, like went on literally the very next season. That's I think that deserves a little bit of a, of a silent applause. But Thank you. Um, no, I remember when I decided to apply, I was kind of like, I mean, it's... I'm assuming it's going to be really hard to get on because I can only imagine how many women apply in the first place. Right. So I went in not really expecting much. I just thought, you know, whatever happens, happens. It could be fun. It could not be fun. But I was willing to kind of give it a shot. And at the same time, I was more so like when I was filling it out, I was like, I'm just going to fill this out and send it off right now. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Who knows if they'll even film the show, which, as we know, they ended up like 
making it work. We were in Nima Colon. It was beautiful. They essentially treated it like a huge campus and we were able to do all the filming there. Um, but I remember when I had first got the call, the very first one, just to go into the next steps of um, casting, the very next day is when they announced Matt. Because hmm. at the time I didn't know who was going to be The Bachelor. And that was something that was on my mind too. Because I thought, how do these women go on the show not knowing who's The Bachelor? Like I would be a little skeptical because I mean, for me, like I, I, I need to be attracted to the guy that I'm going to be dating. Right. So when they announced that he was a bachelor the next day, I knew right away. I was like, Oh yeah, I'm totally down to go. I'll be very happy to go if I go. And as the process continued, the producers were telling us like, yeah, like this is like the most women we've ever had um, Hmm. sign on for the show or try to get on. So a lot of us, the entire cast, we would have moments during filming where we're like, the fact that we all of us were chosen out of like countless women that tried to be on like that's pretty cool and so we were always like really mm-hmm. proud of ourselves and we loved the dynamic that we had in the house i've got a question for you in regards to that um and and the only reason i ask is so matt was the first black bachelor and rachel was the first black bachelorette which was my season the bachelorette and mm-hmm. i remember in the interview process the producers like kept like a, a weird amount to the point where i'm like listen just give it a rest they kept being like uh, it's our first Black Bachelorette. Like, we just want to make sure you're okay with like that kind of thing. And I was what? like, well, what do you mean okay with what kind of thing? And they're like, well, you know, a lot of people aren't interested like in interracial relationships. Mm. And they like they really they drove that point home. I think you know over like the four or five meetings or whatever I had with them. Was it the same with Matt at all, or um, not so much? I wouldn't say. I would say they were asking more about like my type. And I kept telling him, I, me personally, I'm not the type who had, I don't have a physical type. I have like a personality type. So I would describe that. And Matt pretty much filled the bill in a, in a lot of those areas. So I think it was easy for me to go into it confidently knowing that I would gonna, mm. was going to be attracted to him, especially knowing who he was. But of course, like trusting that the producers aren't going to send me in to try and date a guy that we wouldn't mesh like personality wise, you know? Um, but that's so interesting. And I'm going to be honest, I think, you know, considering what happened after Matt's season, this whole conversation about race mm. and all that and how it's continued ever since. I mean, I found pages on Instagram where they talk about, you know, um, inclusivity and even not even just about race, but about um, size as well. There's a campaign going mm. on right now about um, wanting to make it known that we need to cast people that are a size too. Like we want to see a range of, of body types also. So there's, I think there's still a lot that the show um, needs to catch up on. Um, I'm not so sure if they're willing to, just cause I think it's still a slow p- process, you know, but during interviews, it was, it was more about like talking about my personality type than anything. Mm. Um, after he was announced, sure. Maybe there was some talk, but nothing like really obvious and just kind of right. like, almost annoying um which i'm thankful for because i probably would have gotten annoyed by that <laughs> yeah it was it was just like an interesting side note i like they got to the point where i was like stop asking me this weird question right um, well i think I wonder... considering she was going to be the first black lead yeah they were really probably like trying to make sure that this could work um right. which you know let's be honest it's it's a disappointing thing to hear to know that they ha- they probably had those fears or or uncertainties but it's i think as of now, it's been pretty clear how successful other dating shows are when you genuinely have like a mix of different races casted. And now it's just, you know, it's got to get into the different, different body types now. Well, I wonder to to the point you were making earlier too, about like inclusivity and stuff like that. I wonder if, uh, 
maybe that start well it doesn't start obviously with like the selection of the bachelor or the bachelorette but i wonder like if someone who is cast into that role is then talking about their type whether it's physical or otherwise like yeah. if if they were saying like i like a bigger bodied person i wonder mm -hmm. if like that would help them maybe like break down the the barriers to get that onto yeah. the the show you know what i mean yeah, no, and I think that would help so much because obviously like the point of the show is you want to have a successful relationship come out of it, right? So why wouldn't you listen to the lead and, you know, take in what their type is, whether it's personality or physical. I know Katie, for example, she's mentioned before that she actually like loves dad bods. So she asked, you know, we don't, I don't need like the ripped guys. You know, I, I love a dad bod. So like, I'm pretty sure they, they took that into consideration when doing their casting. Nice. Person. Yeah. Fortunately for me, Caitlin likes a dad bod as well. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hey, Jared, are you over there? I haven't heard you talk in a while. I don't know. No, no, no. I was just thinking about dad bods, honestly. Uh, <laughs> But anywho, we do have some hot topics that I want to get into. Uh, but before, okay. so uh, anytime I say hot topics, I just think of hot pockets. We should start <laughs> calling that segment hot topics. Uh, but anyway, let's get into some right after this break. True love is always being excited from the first moment you see one another and every time after that. It's taking long walks together in the summer, gazing longingly into each other's eyes, and, well, watching their tail wag when they chase a squirrel in the yard. The Pedigree brand asked about believing in love at first sight. And honestly, the answer is yes. Ashley adopted Lois, and I didn't know until I actually picked her up and saw her with my own eyes that we were taking this dog home. But I took one look at Lois, and my life has never been the same, and I love her so much. And I'm very grateful for that moment that Ashley decided to adopt Lois. So it really was love at first sight for me. Adopting a dog can lead to a lifetime of meaningful connections. A pedigree loyalty survey revealed that 95% of dog owners say that the bond they have with their dogs is closer than expected. And another pedigree loyalty survey revealed 90% of first-time dog owners report that having a dog improved at least one relationship in their lives. We have adopted two dogs. First was Pappy and the second was Alistair. And I got to tell you, I didn't know I could love such a little creature so much with Pappy. He just stole our hearts right away. He was so attached to us. And even with Alistair, we got him and we fostered at first and then decided to adopt not long after that. Just and a few days after. They bring so much light into our lives. After we lost Pappy, I was, Kaylin and I agreed to maybe take a couple months off from having a dog in our lives. And not even a week later, we we couldn't stand it anymore. There's just so much light that coming home to a dog brings into our lives. And and whenever we're on a trip, all we can ever think about is coming back home and seeing Alistair. So I, I love adoption. I think adopting dogs is the way to go. They are so grateful for it. They definitely love you harder because they know what you took them from and, and the great life that you're giving them. Real love can exist between pet and pet parent. Pedigree is committed to helping more dogs find loving homes, and we can attest that love at first sight is closer than you think. It's available at your local dog shelter. Find love at first sight with the Pedigree Adoption Drive June 7th to 9th, and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Visit pedigree.com adoption drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh, well, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. 
They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts, but not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, welcome back to Help I Suck at Dating. We still have Jasenia here, Dean. Uh, we have some hot topics that I want to get into. First and foremost is a TikTok from somebody called Fun with Marina. Uh, she talks about going on a date with a gentleman who canceled right before they went on there. I want to play it for you guys. Here we go. So I was supposed to go on a date, um, and 15 minutes prior, he canceled on me. So, you know. And he said, rain check. And I said, no, I respect my time. There won't be a next time, but good luck. Did you guys hear that? Yeah, I actually saw that TikTok. I saw that literally like two days ago. So what do you think? A guy cancels or anybody who cancels 15 minutes before a date, you give him another shot? Uh, me personally, I, I also value my time. I if, if anyone who knows me, it's actually my biggest pet peeve to waste my time. I even get annoyed at myself if I'm wasting time. Um, so if a guy were to cancel on me after getting dressed, makeup and everything, I honestly don't know if I would consider even see, trying, you know, giving him another chance. Now, had he given me perhaps a pretty strong explanation to it, then maybe I give him another chance, but that would be strike one. I, my rule is two strikes. Oh, so you're, you're usually three strikes. You're just a two strike, two striker. You're out. (laughs) This ain't baseball. This is life. (laughs) Exactly. No, because I mean, it, it it makes sense. Like you go through all this talk, right? About, hey, oh, I want to take you out. Let's let's do something this weekend, whatever. You get to that day and he cancels 15 minutes prior after you've taken all this time to get ready. And not only that, like you're talking to your girlfriends, you're excited about going on the state probably. And you're maybe a little nervous too. And then just for him to like pull the rug out from under you is very disappointing. So even if you were to give a pretty, you know, decent explanation, like, hey, like, this crazy thing came up. I honestly feel terrible. I want to make it up to you later. Fine. But that would already be struck one for me. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Communication is very important to me. And so is my time. And if you can't communicate to me what's going on to let me know, at least like, hey, like something might come up and I won't be able to go to the date that I would actually have a lot more respect for someone with that. Well, and you make a good point too. something that I didn't really think about when I first heard the story was that uh, girls, you know, they spend time with the makeup and, and, and all that kind of stuff with it. Whereas if a guy had a date canceled on them 15 minutes prior, I would be like, oh, OK, well, like I haven't started getting ready yet. You know what I mean? So <laughs> you guys need like 10 minutes issue. and that's it. It definitely, so yeah, definitely we, is a bigger issue having the, the guy cancel on the girl because of that alone. And then you're, yeah, you're like, you're, you're all ready to go. You're all um, done up and everything. And then all of a sudden it's, it's not going to happen anymore. I would be, I, at first I was kind of like, this girl is being a little melodramatic about it, but no, I actually really do see your point now. And I maybe uh, yeah. need to consider that. No, but that's when we try to like make the most of it too. And we'll say like, Hey, my day canceled. Like, let's do something. And like, we'll call up a girlfriend just to not let the makeup go to waste. Right. We need to get that, that cute little Instagram photo in. I'm not going to lie. There'd be times if somebody canceled a date on me, I'd be so excited. So I'd be like, well, Oh, thank God. I don't want to date. Yeah. I don't have to go. And I could just hang out with my friends. <clears throat> so many times I would, instead of like, it's, Anybody who's single listening to this knows that sometimes going on dates just suck. And you're like, oh, no, I have to get I have to start. What if the conversation doesn't go well? I have to, like, not be myself, but be myself. I'd rather just go out with my friends and right. hang out and just have fun. And so sometimes if somebody canceled on me last, yeah. last minute, I'm like, woohoo. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't have to speak it. Well, I think in my earlier dating years, I remember always feeling like, I had to like perform almost mm. like I'm like, Oh, I want to put like my best self forward. But sometimes it was like, it felt so performative. And even on his end where it was like, we were trying our best to kind of like make a really good impression, but it never felt genuine at times. But now I'm at a point where it's like, if I feel like I have to put on, then this isn't this, this probably just isn't someone that I feel comfortable enough initially to just be myself with. And I probably shouldn't even be on the date with this person. Cause if I can't be totally myself and actually have fun on the date, Instead of like worrying about like, oh, does he like me? Should I not say this? Should I avoid saying that? Like if I have to think too much, I, I'm not going to happen. Yeah. I just want to be natural. That's true. Do you have any um, like bad first or second or third date stories that you've experienced? Um, I don't have. I, this is the thing. I've been lucky. I wouldn't say I've had any like horrendous dating experiences. I know some girlfriends that have. But I want to say, I think some dating experiences that I've had that have been kind of annoying have been guys that will like, they will either mention mm. their exes and I'm already like, okay, so you're on a first date with someone and your ex is already in the conversation for what, you know, somehow for whatever reason, like that is what initially makes me have to like. In what context? And in I what context do they mention their ex? Well, say, for example, like if they bring up like, oh, like, so, you know, how long have you been dating for? Or like, you know, what are you looking for? That kind of thing. And I'll kind of explain what I'm looking for. And of course, I'll like ask the same question in return because they just asked me. And then they'll kind of go into like, yeah, well, I'm looking for this, this and that. You know, I, you know, the last person I was with just kind of like didn't do this or that. And it's like, do we have to talk about the ex already? Like we just started, like, why not just focus on like the future rather than the past? Hmm. And that kind of tells me that there's perhaps some lingering feelings there that they still need to heal from, which in my opinion is like, you're not ready to, to really date if you're still there. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's tough. Fair. I don't know. I, cause it's so hard because how can you talk about what you're looking for? If you don't at least address what you've been through, you know, be like, Oh, I, I think I found out I'm looking for this because my last partner right. didn't have it.
Okay. I can understand in that context, I guess for me, because the first date should feel so lighthearted and just like True. about each other. I can see that being a conversation like a few days <clears throat> later yeah. where it's kind of like, so like, honestly, like let's, when you start to dig deeper, I can see that being like a, definitely an important conversation, especially if you're someone who's been in a relationship that was a little questionable, maybe even toxic. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be nice yeah. to let the person know that, Hey, like this is what I've been through. Um, but I'm happy with where we're at and I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, I think general rule of thumb, don't mention the ex on the first date. I think that's a good rule here on Help Us Like a Dating. We should start (laughs) making rules, Dean, you and I. Every week we should come up with a new dating rule. Mm -hmm. And take inspiration from the interviews, kind of like, okay, like this week's dating Mm -hmm. rule, don't do this. I'm going to write this down. Or even like advice too. Help, I suck at dating rules. a lot of really good ideas right now. (laughs) Number one, don't mention the ex on the first date. Perfect. <laughs> That's good. You actually are you actually typing that or are you just banging the I, random keys you, on a keyboard? Oh, I, no, I'm I'm typing it. What do you think? I'm just oh, writing nice. random notes to myself, <laughs> little love <laughs> letters, <away>. positive <laughs> affirmations. Of, you could do it, Jared. At the end of it, it'll be like wedding crashers, where we got like a whole list, 150 yeah. rules of crashing weddings. Rule number 57: oh No excuses. Play like a champion. <laughs> so yeah, I'm exactly. curious, what are as guys? Because this yeah. I'm, this is something I'm going through right now. Ready? Okay. What are your opinions on ghosting? Oh, well, ghosting sucks. Interesting topic, because if you ask me personally, like five years ago, I would be very pro ghost. But now (laughs) now I've definitely seen the light and understand that ghosting is not the way to go. Mm -hmm. But well, it sounds like it sounds like maybe either you've just been ghosted or you just ghosted someone. No. Well, so this is the thing. I've always, like I said, I, I love communication. I don't care how hard it is for you to say it. Like, just tell me what's going on because this is the thing. I, I, it, this, by, by the way, it's not like we've been talking for like ever and ever. It's just that it's been like, Oh, like one week and a half of like pretty consistent conversation. And then next thing I know, um, his like Instagram account is missing hmm. and I'm like, Oh, what's going on. And then uh, I asked a girlfriend, I was like, you know how we are. I said, cause she knows that I've been talking to this guy and I said, can you see like what's up with, with his account? I was like, it kind of like went ghost, you know, how it'll say like Instagram user. Yeah. Yeah. And usually cause they deactivated it or something or blocked um, you. It's, <laughs> right. And, which is why I asked, I asked my girlfriend and she's like, no, I, it says like Instagram user, like fully, like it's, it's deactivated. And I was like, what's going on. And so my, I I'm trying to give this person the benefit of the doubt. I'm thinking something's going on in his life that like, he's just not in the place to be like talking to someone even cause like even his Instagram is missing, but I'm like, but it's interesting how that works. That like the, the conversations like seems pretty solid. You feel good about it. And then all of a sudden gone as if literally as if nothing ever happened. And I think it's so bizarre to me. How long were you talking to this guy? Yeah. What? Like it's been, so we've been like, like chit chatty, like flirty on social. And then, um, we exchange numbers maybe like two weeks ago, we're texting for about a week and a half. So it's still like early and I'm like, oh, okay, well it's, you know, it's not like a big deal, but it's just strange to me how people can just like go off the grid like that. I think we might need to file a police report or something. <laughs> oh, no, no. Like where, where is this guy? Where did he go? He could be. A I know. A that's person, what, like, yeah? I mean, I hope he's okay. <laughs> well, well, hold on. So you got, but you have his phone number. Can't you just text him? No, I'm not going to text him. He's the one who has to text me. <laughs> Oh, so, so you guys I haven't was, texted yet? 
No, we have been, te- we have texted, but I oh. sent the last text and he hasn't responded mm. to it. That's why. And so far we're going on, a, I think we're going on a week. Is this guy uh, from the Bachelor franchise? Okay. Well, maybe because yeah. I was going to say, maybe this guy has like a double life and then he's getting too close to wow. you and he needs to like cut off communication. Don't tell me that. Listen, I'm not saying it could. I, I'm just. No, I'm not going to lie to you. I did think I was like, what if he's like going on another show right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, he's like, let me just, you know, close out my accounts for the meantime. That, that's <gasps> not a bad move. Jared, I think you've been watching or listening to a little too much true crime. True crime. Yeah. yeah. I mean, listen, he's definitely a, a serial killer and you are very lucky that he's out of your life now. Oh it's my funny God. that you talked about ghosting because one of our topics is a Washington Post article about how ghosting is linked to mental health. So let me read you a little synopsis about it. So a researcher team recruited 76 college students and were provided responses to questions asking them to reflect on their ghosting experiences. Now, some students admitted they ghosted because they lacked the necessary communication skills to have an open and honest conversation, whether that conversation happened face-to-face or via text or email. So this is Dean six, seven years ago. In some instances, participants opted to ghost if they thought meeting with the person would stir up emotional or sexual feelings that they were not ready to pursue. That said, recent data suggests that U.S. adults generally perceive breaking up through email, text, or social media as unacceptable and prefer an in-person breakup conversation. And then there's just ghosting after sex. In the context of hookup Mm. culture, there's an understanding that if the ghoster got what they were looking for, often just sex, then that's it. They no longer need to talk to that person. Our research, this article in the Washington Post, supports the idea that ghosting can have negative consequences for mental health. Part of the problem is the lack of clarity, not knowing why communication abruptly stopped. Sometimes an element of paranoia ensues as the ghostee tries to make sense of the situation. What are your thoughts Great about reading, this? Jared? Very Thanks. impressive job reading all of that. That was a big, that was a big media <laughs> article you just read I've, for us. I've been reading many, many. I, I really just credit it to reading one fish, two fish, blue fish, red fish uh, to Dawson. <laughs> Dr. Every night. Shout out to um, Dr. Yeah. I will wow. say though, the, the one thing that stuck out to me was uh, ghosting after sex. And I'm not going to say that I've done that before, but I want to say maybe it's not that they got what they wanted but more so that they didn't get the experience that they were hoping that they were going to get. And then they didn't have the heart to like say that that was the reason for them to no longer Mm. be interested. That's my, that that was my interpretation of it. Yeah. And I mean, I think that, and also like some people tend to like brush over the very crucial question that is, what are you looking for? And I think some people will obviously answer, oh, well, I'm looking for something, you know, that could be serious. Like I'm looking for a partner or there's people that will say like outright, like, oh yeah, I'm just trying to hook up. Like, you know, I think it's very important to make it clear when you first meet someone that exactly what you're looking for. So that way, when that happens, I mean, it's kind of like, whatever, you're both looking for the same thing anyway. So yeah, of course I don't want to talk to you after you already hooked up. How would you- How would you react to a guy, Jasenia, if he was honest with you and he said, hey, listen, I'm just looking to hook up? Would you be like, oh, I respect that? Or would you say, wow, you're disgusting? No, I would actually really appreciate because I'm not going to I'm not going to dog people on things like that. Like you do what you want to do, whatever makes you happy. Everyone has, you know, their own free will to do as they please. I would actually really appreciate if a guy was like, listen, I just want to hook up. Like, would you want to da da da? And I'll be honest, like, "Mm, 
not really into that, but um, good luck. Because I would appreciate the fact that my time wasn't wasted because I would have hated mm. to have been like, this guy is like, you know, talking to me, talking me up, all this stuff. Like, and then in the back of his mind, his only goal is to hook up. Meanwhile, I'm thinking that we're probably looking for the same thing. Like, that would be deceptive. And then that's when I would have a problem with it. Rule number two on help by second <laughs> dating. Be honest if you're just... Nope. No, looking no, to Jared, hook up. Stop, stop, stop right there. One rule an episode. We made that. That was the first rule that we made. Was we're so, we're so behind already, though. It's, it's well, such a good rule. Can we, we, can we make well, the... Write them all down. Write them all down. And then you'll choose the one that you yeah, want to share. That's fair. That's okay, fair. Great. okay. I like oh. that. I like that. Just um, saying you come in with the fire ideas. Be honest. Yeah, <laughs> just... That was good. Well, I forgot what I was about to say. I had a really good point uh, that was really thought provoking. But now I can't remember what it was. I guess that speaks to how good it was. It may be about <laughs> ghosting, sex, um, drugs, uh, rock and roll. Oh, the mental health? Anything about mental health? Because I think that's actually a really important topic among dating now is like, where are you in life? You know, like, are you emotionally available? Are you ready to be committed to someone? Or are there still some underlying issues that you're working on? And in a lot of cases, I think that there's people that are like, hey, I'm on the same journey as you. I'm trying to better myself as a person. And if you are, but if you're also, and if you are too, that's fine. But if, as long as there's that like initial conversation of like, hey, like this is where I'm at and this is where you're at, maybe we can still make it work. I think that's important also. Yeah, that mental that's health true. Be topic in relationships. That's true. The mental health side of it is definitely important. Important. I think what I was going to say was I've always admired people that are able to be honest by saying, I'm just looking for a hookup. So I think it kind of does tie into mental health where like, you have to be pretty mentally tough to be able to go out into this world and like you're kind of like defying normalities and expectations yeah. when you're saying like i'm just looking for hookups you know what i mean right so yeah definitely. i think I, I think the people that are able to say that early on in life when they're young and dating are uh gonna make better partners later in life when they do decide they want to settle down because that type of honesty and communication is probably pretty important yeah i totally agree i think it, that's like the foundation of it all isn't it and i think even like, I guess, tying it into the show, like we talk so much like with The Bachelor, with one another about like what we're, what we're feeling, you know, where we where we feel we're at with the lead. And then, of course, like what important conversation do we want to have with the lead? Because obviously that's talking is what kind of, you know, makes the converse or makes the relationship grow. And that's the same on the show and the same in the real world. And I think there's people that are sometimes afraid to get deep, but it's it's crucial you have to yeah i definitely uh i've definitely been that person i still am sometimes you ever like have a conversation with your friend like uh super like late at night or like early in the morning the next day and you guys have like been drinking or whatever and you, uh, you like overshare something and then you wake up in the morning and you're oh, like yeah. oh my gosh i can't believe i just shared that aspect of my life with this person <laughs> um that's definitely happened to me quite a few yeah, times yeah but those are the best conversations though because i think it's because it's something that's been on your heart for a while and you haven't been able to say it out loud, you know, and I think it's important to say those things yeah. out loud, whether it's to a friend, family, or even if you go see a therapist, like you have to let that out. I think the hard part for me is I'm, you always like are so concerned about how it's going to be received. But then at the end of the day, too, it's like mm. whenever I hear people talking about, you know, their vulnerabilities and stuff, I'm always like appreciative that they're willing to share it with me. And so I'm sure it's kind of yeah. the other way around, too, like people are kind of curious about, you know, their friends and stuff. And so oversharing is never necessarily oversharing is a bad thing, but opening up and being vulnerable is never a bad thing. In my opinion, Dean, have and you, on, oh, totally. Dean, have you felt that way recently that you felt like you've overshared things? Not because my, this is why I ask. 
I feel like I haven't overshared anything lately because oh. being with Ashley and from The Bachelor, dude, like I've <laughs> given up. You know, there's been articles written about my sperm count. There's nothing that I haven't <laughs> shared anymore. You know, like I, I wish I could go back into the mindset, specifically probably pre-Ashley of like being like, oh, I shouldn't talk about those things. Now it's like, I don't care anymore. <laughs> no, and th but that's where you want to be, I think, in a relationship too, where you can feel like you can tell them anything and vice versa. You want to you want to be a safe space for them, just like you'd hope that they could be a safe space for you. Um, I think the whole point too of like, at least, okay, in the perfect world, the perfect relationship is where you're like, you never feel embarrassed around your partner. So you can tell them anything, share anything with them, and you're not going to feel ashamed about it. And they won't make you I feel ashamed either. I just, uh, we were leaving our camping site last night and I was driving for like 10 minutes and I'm going to overshare here real quick, actually funny. Enough. <laughs> and I, Kaylin was like still in the back sleeping a little bit and I like taking a, br I like slam on the brakes and like crank the steering wheel oh. to the right. And she goes, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm, I was like, I'm really embarrassed to share this with you, but I have to poop so bad and <laughs> I can't wait until the next gas station. And so I pulled I knew it was going to be about pooping. And, and I pooped on the side of the road, and it was maybe you one of my. On the side it was one of my. Road. It was one of my oh lower God. moments, I think. On the side of the road, <laughs> did you at least bury it? I buried. I dug a little hole, and I okay. uh, I packed my toilet paper out. I did the normal camping, um, squat and poop kind nice. of thing. But it was one of those moments where she looked at me, and she was like, kind of like still half asleep, and she was like, well, "Dean, what the hell are you doing?" And I was like, I can't, I can't. I'm sorry, I just can't go any further. I need to turn over. And that was maybe a first for me too. Mid. Mid-drive, side-of-the-road poop. It was a, I don't want to say it's an all-time low, but it was definitely a new experience. No, I mean, when you got to go, yeah. you got to oh, go. It, There's only it was, Yeah, moment. it was bad. And my diet the past, like, 20 <laughs> or 48 hours has been, like, beef jerky and granola bars. And so it's just, like, not the, not the oh, best. No. Uh, so that's that's just a little bit about <laughs> no. me being vulnerable. If you guys uh, could not judge me any bit because of it, I'd really appreciate it. I have a, no. I have a ghosting Definitely. slash kind of poop story that I feel like okay. I should share that I, I'm pretty sure oh, I've shared on the podcast. God. Now, this did not happen to me. It happened to a friend of mine. I swear to God. I know everybody right. says, oh, my friend. Uh -huh. And they're really talking about themselves. This happened to a friend of mine. So he was with a girl. And all right, if you don't want to hear this, it's not that gross. But if you don't want to hear this, just skip over the next three minutes. My buddy was with the girl. How, they, how bad is it? How What would you rate it on a scale of one to like un? Oh, it's PG-13. It's not R. Okay, okay. But anywho, so they were hooking up and then, you know, he, at one point when they're hooking up, he's telling me the story, he grabbed her legs and like pulled her towards him. Mm -hmm. Fast forward, next day, he's making his bed and then he <gasps> sees like a brown line on the bed. He's like, Ooh. what the hell is this? And then he's thinking like, oh my God, did I did I not properly clean myself up? And then he remembered, he's like, oh my God. When he, she, kind of gross, but there was a streak <laughs> on the bed. You can imagine where it came from. Yeah. And he never talked to her again. He ghosted her. Cause he was like, dude, I can't tell her why I can't talk to her anymore. Cause now that his image right, is in right. my mind, they didn't know each other that well. And so instead of like trying to explain why he couldn't go on a date with her again, he's like, it's just better if I ghost her. She thinks I'm the asshole and we can all move on with our lives. I was True. like, uh, I mean, how do you, well, yeah, like, how do you explain that? You know, <laughs> like, I don't know how. There is okay, no explanation. That. Yeah, I know. But, but good on him that he was like willing to take the hit. He's like, whatever, like, let her think I'm oh, an yeah. asshole. It's fine. Yeah, he didn't And care. just move on. <laughs>
Oh Jared, my god. Jared, I can't believe that happened to you. Who was it? It wasn't Ashley, was it? <laughs> it wasn't me. Oh, it, it wasn't, wasn't me, okay. guys. It was our good friend Nick Vial. <laughs> oh no, I don't even want to put that on Nick. <laughs> oh wow, um, that's no, yeah. I, I don't have a crazy enough dating story to top that. Thank God. You don't have a crazy, you don't have a crazy poop story? Come on. No, no. Oh, I have crazy Especially poop stories for myself. Other people. Hmm? I have poop stories for myself. I'm not gonna share most of it's just like disgusting <laughs> and horrible. Yeah, that's, that's probably good. I, there, oh Jared, I feel like we're getting a little off topic here. Is there anything else you want to talk about, hot topic wise? Oh, are you sure we're not getting off topic? Uh, I feel like we're right on. Uh, all right, so poop stories is two poop stories too many. So, true love is always being excited from the first moment you see one another, and every time after that, it's taking long walks together in the summer, gazing longingly into each other's eyes, and well, watching their tail wag when they chase a squirrel in the yard. The pedigree brand asked about believing in love at first sight, and honestly. The answer is yes. Ashley adopted Lois and I didn't know until I actually picked her up and saw her with my own eyes that we were taking this dog home. But I took one look at Lois and my life has never been the same and I love her so much and I'm very grateful for that moment that Ashley decided to adopt Lois. So it really was love at first sight for me. Adopting a dog can lead to a lifetime of meaningful connections. A pedigree loyalty survey revealed that 95% of dog owners say that the bond they have with their dogs is closer than expected. And another pedigree loyalty survey revealed 90% of first-time dog owners report that having a dog improved at least one relationship in their lives. We have adopted two dogs. First was Pappy and the second was Alistair. And I got to tell you, I didn't know I could love such a little creature so much with Pappy. He just stole our hearts right away. He was so attached to us. And even with Alistair, we got him... And we fostered at first and then decided to adopt not long after that. Just and a few days after. They bring so much light into our lives. After we lost Pappy, I was, Kaylin and I agreed to maybe take a couple months off from having a dog in our lives. And not even a week later, we, we couldn't stand it anymore. There's just so much light that coming home to a dog brings into our lives. And, and whenever we're on a trip, all we can ever think about is coming back home and seeing Alistair. So... I, I love adoption. I think adopting dogs is the way to go. They are so grateful for it. They definitely love you harder because they know what you took them from and, and the great life that you're giving them. Real love can exist between pet and pet parent. Pedigree is committed to helping more dogs find loving homes, and we can attest that love at first sight is closer than you think. It's available at your local dog shelter. Find love at first sight with the Pedigree Adoption Drive, June 7th to 9th. And the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all. Jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh. Well, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts, but not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that street where you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. 
With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, let's talk about there's a, there's a story about um, Joseph Gordon Lovett. Uh, I'm a huge fan of 500 Days of Summer. Great movie, but he was on the Drew Barrymore show this past week, and he talked about how him and his wife have boundaries. And I'm going to read you his quote, and I want to get your thoughts about this. So he says, "My wife and I talk about boundaries a lot. It's important to give lots of playroom, but it's also important that the boundaries do not move." We read this study. They conducted the study with rats, and they put a wall around the rats. They had another group of rats that did not have a wall. Now, the rats that did not have a wall bunched closer together and were much more nervous and didn't play as adventurously, if I said that correctly, as the rats who had a wall. If you know where the wall is, where the boundary is, then you are free to play within those boundaries. If you don't know where the boundary is, if you don't know where the wall is, then you're kind of uncertain the entire time and don't know where the boundaries end. So my question to you guys is, do you think it's clear? I don't know what he's going for. I got to be honest. I, I watched the video. I read the clip. I don't know exactly what he's trying to say in terms of like what the boundaries yeah. are or should be within a relationship. Right. But I guess, just Jessenia, I want to ask you, within a relationship, what are you looking for? What kind of boundaries are you looking for within a relationship? And do you think those boundaries should be set? For example, if you met someone who is like, hey, this is a boundary that I can't cross. This is very much a deal breaker. Yeah. Would that be okay with you? I think because, yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you in, in terms of like, what does he mean exactly by like what those boundaries are? Because I think a lot of people like one thing that comes to mind is there's this like divide of what people consider cheating, for example. Like, so what is your boundary in that sense? And then also like, what is your boundary in the sense of like, are you an introvert? And sometimes when you get home, you need maybe some quiet time and you don't really want to talk much just to kind of recharge. And then, you know, we can catch up later. Like, is that a boundary for you? I think that's really kind of where it, where it ties into is like, what do you consider a boundary? And for me, I think if there was someone who told me like, I mean, I don't know, I, I would kind of need an example, but if they told me they had a boundary, depending on what kind of boundary that was, I'd be willing to respect it, especially if it's something that's like, you know, pretty easy to respect. But if they had, a, you know, some crazy boundary, like, you know, right now being part of the, the the show, I have a lot of male friends now that I'm genuinely friends with. And, you know, I, we talk sometimes and like, of course, like we might see each other if we're all hanging out together. Now, if I were dating a guy who was like, well, you can't hang out with other men, 
that's when I would have an issue because it's like, these guys are genuinely my friends. Like I've literally, I've never had like actual male friends until the show. And I don't want a new relationship to tell me like, Oh, well you can't be friends with, with this guy because you guys, you know, talk too much or whatever. It's like, we're just friends though. Literally we're just friends and I wouldn't have anything to hide. And I think that's when it would kind of be a little difficult for me to, to respect it. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good answer. I I think it speaks volumes to, uh, (laughs) <laughs> to, to I, I guess maybe your maturity because my brain immediately went to like they they got to be swingers they have to be swinging right? dude I thought the work. exact same thing because it was a little subliminal right and you're kind of like what is he talking about yeah in my like devolved yeah. male brain like that's it that's all I could think about him when he was talking <laughs> about boundary I was like this dude wants an open relationship <laughs> yeah yeah so, you know yeah that's where because for me personally I'm looking for like monogamy like i'm not into the whole like you know swinging i guess is what what they call it like i would be into that so like if a guy were honest and said hey like i'm polyamorous i'd be like well i'm not so like good luck you know whatever like at least like that's where we can draw that line and kind of know where we where we stand and then know if we want to move forward which is why i think like things like that are definitely important to mention early on i feel yeah, I, I agree, especially those important things. Dean, do you have boundaries with Kaylin? Do I have boundaries with Kaylin? Um, it's funny because that I I see where his quote is coming from, but I kind of prefer a boundaryless relationship. I can't really imagine ever telling Kaylin like what not not what she can and can't do, but I guess more of like what I'm comfortable with or like where I want to set the boundary. It just seems like a little um, I don't know, but maybe I have now that I think about it, like Maybe I have set boundaries in certain aspects and I just don't realize I'm setting boundaries when I do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would agree because there's not many boundaries between Ashley and I. There's really none. But one boundary I would set, or not set, but one that I'd like is that I do need guy time. Like I need Mm -hmm. time uh, with like, whether it just be like playing golf or playing baseball or just like playing pickup basketball. I need like a couple hours of just like, yeah. listen, I need to talk like a guy. I just need to be like, <laughs> there's a certain lingo, right? And it's just, if Ashley's there, I love her to death. I always want her to be around, but I just mm-hmm. need like, just to say the dumbest things on my mind and not be yeah, judged well, by that, my wife. That's like that you crave like that camaraderie and just because you're in a relationship, like doesn't mean you have to sacrifice that. Cause yeah. like the girls want their time with the girlfriends too, you know? So it's like, it, I think that that's definitely a good, a good, mm. I guess like, I mean, would that, I mean, yeah, I guess it would be a boundary in the sense that like, yeah, I want to, I love you. I want to be with you all the time for the rest of my life. But, you know, I, I've got my buddies that I want to catch up with. And totally. Yeah. I, I just want to quote Tommy Boy and Billy Madison and not be looked at <laughs> Billy Madison through Ashley's eyes way. as if I, she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, you just, you don't. You don't get it, and that's okay. No, okay. I have to say, I I love Billy Madison. Oh, it's great. I haven't seen it in so long, but I I remember seeing that movie when I probably shouldn't have, and thinking it was hilarious. But um, one thing I actually I just remembered there was a guy I dated, and I guess this could be a, a, this is a boundary for sure. There was a guy I dated a few years ago. He was actually the guy I dated before going to Matt's season. Um, I was single for about like a year before going on his season. And I remember we were dating for about eight months and his birthday, let's say it's on a major holiday. It wouldn't be, no, his birthday's on Mother's Day. Okay. And I remember, you know, I was of course doing something for my mom and I was just, you know, making conversation with him like, Hey, like, um, you know, how's your mom doing today? Da, da, da. 
still trying to kind of get to know him. And he, I noticed he was kind of pretty short with me about it. Like he didn't really dive into like, oh yeah, like I sent her flowers or I called her today, whatever. Like he just kind of said, yeah, I mean, we spoke for a bit on the phone and that was it. And so I remember like a few weeks passed by and again, just making conversation. Hey, like, how's your family and all that? And he's like, well, I, I don't really talk about my mom. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I kind of took that already as like, okay, that's a boundary. Cause he doesn't really talk about his mm-hmm. mom. He doesn't seem interested in talking about his mm-hmm. mom. Cause I'm always the one bringing up like, Hey, how's your family? You know? So it's like, I learned right. As soon as he said that, like, okay, his mom is, is off the table. We don't talk about his mom. So I think that would be considered a boundary, which I had never experienced before. I thought it was strange that, I mean, it made me curious, of course, like, well, like, I hope, you know, his relationship with his mom isn't like terrible or something, but I'm assuming it might not be the healthiest if he doesn't really like to talk about her. So that I think is definitely a boundary that um, I came across at one point. That's, that's definitely a boundary. I would say, uh, I guess I kind of have a, it's not, I wouldn't call it a boundary, but I've definitely been in that same boat before where it's funny. It kind of comes back to the vulnerability thing we were talking about earlier. Uh, and, and Jared, to, so my boundary maybe like with my friends is I don't talk about my mom very often. And this past mm-hmm. trip to Hawaii, uh, me and Kaylin and a couple of my other friends went to go see the place where we scattered my mom's ashes. And, uh, mm-hmm. I, I like woke up in the morning and I was like, oh man, I like, I probably shouldn't like ask them to come do this and see this area with me. Uh, but then I like thought about it more and I was like, well, no, like they uh, like wouldn't have done it if they didn't want to. And I think it was like a good moment for us. So I think like that's kind of what I was talking about earlier when I was saying like you ever wake up and you're like, I should have done something. But then you realize like maybe it was a good thing at the end. Oh, yeah, um, definitely for the better. I think that brings your friends closer to you, too. And they kind of get a better understanding of like of who you are and where you came from, too. So, yeah. Yeah, that, that was kind of my point. I, like, hug, hugged them all afterwards, and I was like, thank you guys for coming with me. I really appreciate it, blah, blah, blah. But mm-hmm. then as far as, like, the boundaries go, um, uh, Jared, I'm not saying that it, this isn't the case with you and Ashley, but Kaylin and I, I would say, like, we just trust each other entirely and fully. Uh, and so there aren't really any, like, boundaries where you have to set in regards to, like, that kind of thing. But then t- mm-hmm. to what you were saying you do, uh, the thing that what, what came to mind when you were talking about that was, Kaylin keeps talking about how she wants to learn how to play golf so she can come and play golf with me. And Aww. and a part of the reason I like to go play golf is because I like get a drink beer with my friends and act like <laughs> kind of like a buffoon for four hours. And if Kaylin were to come with us, it just would it would it wouldn't like it would just change changes the vibe everything. a little bit. Right. It changes okay. things. Okay. And I that doesn't mean that I wouldn't want to like play golf with, with just me and Kaylin without my friends around. Of course. But part part of the appeal of golf is She's, she's, you should see the way she's glaring at me right now. Part of the appeal of golf is, is just hanging out with your buddies. I wish so badly. You guys need, oh, I wish she didn't hear you right now. I, you needed to record this conversation. I would love nothing more than to see her reaction when you were trying to explain to her nicely. Like, listen, I'd love to oh, golf yeah. with you. I want to golf with you, but I also need times where I don't golf with you. So I'm a little hesitant mm-hmm. of like this golf relationship, you know, cause it's, there's a boundary. Oh God, right. that would have been so good. Aww. Well, you could have your days where like you're you're both out there playing together, especially as she's like learning. And then yeah, you have your days with the guys. And who knows? I mean, do your guy friends have any girlfriends that also want to take up golfing that maybe she could hang out with mm. too? Well, what's funny is my best friend is dating her best friend, but they're big. T- oh. They're big. They're big tennis players. So we'll go to the country club and they'll play tennis while we play golf. Oh, fun. Um, but you're right. They, we all should do. We we've talked about doing doing like couples things and stuff like that. But uh, one of the no, it's not like a shit kid has a gripe with it. But a, a few of my golf friends are single, and she goes, 
you're hanging out with all these single guys. Like, I don't know what you're ta- not, not, I don't know what you're talking about, but she's like, right, they're crazy. Right. They're crazy. They encourage bad behavior, like that kind of stuff. <laughs> I mean, I can see why it's like, oh, well, all your buddies are single and this and that. Like, we just honestly, we know that you guys are just like being goofy together, but, um, but yeah. you need that too. I think you need to have that, that time with your, with your guy friends where you can just like be yourself. I mean, cause if you think about it, most, I mean, I'm assuming like you got, you knew them before you knew your partners anyway. So like they, they've known you for much longer. You're yeah, really their grandfathered in. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. But <laughs> one of my favorite memes is the one on where like the guy is leaning toward his, he has his back towards his girlfriend and she oh. has the bubble and it's like, he's probably thinking about another girl. And then it's oh, yeah. like, he's thinking about like, why the hell did I three put on eight? You know? Yeah. <laughs> Or it's like the dumbest thing. Like, That's like the is- most diverse meme out there too. You can literally use it for anything. Do you oh, it's the best. Uh, well, we're going to wrap this episode of Help I Suck at Dating. Jasenia, thank you so much for joining us. You will thank also you be on me. Thursday's podcast, which is super exciting, answering some phone calls from listeners. Uh, Dean, I'll see you Thursday too. <laughs> yeah, Jared, hey, I'll be here. I'll actually be in the exact same spot I am right now. So recording live <laughs> from the side of the road. If you guys hear any passing trucks, uh, just ignore them. It's totally fine. I'm fine. Um, but Justinia, thanks, thanks for co-hosting with us. We appreciate it. You're 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 an awesome co-host. You know, you're asking thanks. questions. You're staying involved. You're 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 good. And I think that we should uh, we should have you back as often as we possibly can. Yes, I'd love but, to anytime. But for, uh, for the me. listener, yeah, of course. For the listener, be sure to stay tuned for Thursday as well. She's going to be co-hosting with us that day. Uh, and tune in then where maybe we suck just a little bit less. Follow Help by Suck at Dating on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Boricua is the name for someone from Puerto Rico, but it's more than a name. It's a way of life and representation of the vibrant spirit of the island. Let the Boricua spirit welcome you with a warm embrace to start each day and remind you why you travel in the first place. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. With nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline, there's always new places to explore. The island's diverse geography offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to stunning black sand beaches. There are spots that are perfect for water sports. You can surf, snorkel, paddleboard, or go diving. To travel to Puerto Rico, there is no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.